Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning as we get ready to, uh, well, we're getting closer to that weekend, but we got football tonight. Of course, we'll have plenty of that to talk about, but it's a beautiful Thursday here in the state of Arizona, specifically in the city of Tucson on this October the 28th, 2021, 702 on your Thursday morning. We are live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Thank you for joining the show today. Uh, plenty, uh, plenty, plenty, plenty of things to do today. We're going to talk a lot of NBA, actually, as the Suns were in action last night. Very disappointing loss to the Sacramento Kings. We'll talk about that coming up as uh, DeAndre Ayton has a, a record-setting day for him, but it did not equate to a win for the Suns. Uh, speaking of the Suns, I have tickets to give away today. You're going to be wanting to listen over the next uh, two hours. It could happen at any moment. I could be uh, giving you that cue to call, and uh, that will be your chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Phoenix Suns take on the Cleveland Cavaliers Saturday night up in Phoenix at the Footprint Center. Get to see Lowry Markkinen with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, the the, the newly uh, resurgent Cleveland Cavaliers who uh, had a good win last night. Shutting down, um, shutting down the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But yeah, your chance to win a pair of tickets to go see the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre versus Lowry in the uh, in the Footprint Center. That's for this Saturday. Stay tuned for your cue to call. And uh, once I give you that, jump on the phones, and uh, we'll see if we can get a winner out of that. We also uh, have a lot of plenty of other things coming up today. We'll talk plenty about the Arizona Cardinals as their matchup against the Green Bay Packers was uh, taking a little hit last night, unfortunately, for the Arizona Cardinals as uh, they were preparing for this week to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They found out last night, or we found out last night, I guess I should say, that J.J. Watt, you know, and, and you know Tyler and I were talking about J.J. yesterday and how this is, you know, he's really turning this into his defense. I mean, he's he is putting his signature all over this defense and was fifth on the defense in total plays, um, you know, total total plays on the field. And unfortunately, he found out and we found out last night that he is going to require surgery on that uh, injured shoulder and he is going to miss the rest of the season for the Arizona Cardinals. So a big blow to the Cardinals there. And don't let it get blown out of proportion, okay? A lot of people took to the social medias last night and were like, oh, this is so Cardinals to lose our, you know, one of our best players and stuff. Yes, he is one of your best players, and it's going to, uh, it's certainly going to hurt. The defense has been playing extremely well, though, and I know that they're a little thin on the defensive line, but guys are going to have to step up. You know, guys, uh, you know, Corey Peters, Michael Dugby, guys like that are going to step up. Lucky Fotu. Uh, Richard Lawrence, those types of guys got to step up. Zach Allen, who's been playing, um, he's been playing injured a lot of this season as well. You know, when he gets back, he's going to have to play as well. And there's going to have to, you know, next man up kind of situation. No team gets through unharmed. 
And the Arizona Cardinals got bit by the injury bug yesterday as uh, they found out that uh, the J.J. Watt is going to require shoulder surgery. Now, the Packers on the other side, you know, you know, we know about their injuries. David Bakhtiari, um, he was on the uh, he was on the, uh, the the injured reserve list, so he was out six weeks. He's coming back, I think maybe next week. Bakhtiari may be back. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on that. Jair Alexander, their superstar corner, is going to be out for this game. And then the COVID bug hit the Packers locker room as their top two wide receivers, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, will both be out for this game against the Cardinals tonight. So huge losses um, for the for the Green Bay Packers. A big loss for the Cardinals, but not an insurmountable one. You know, the Packers are going to line up tonight with Randall Cobb, okay, who most people believe was past his prime when the when the Packers brought him in at Aaron Rodgers' request during the preseason anyway. Then they're going to go to rookie Amari Rodgers and then Equinemius St. Brown. That's going to be their wide receivers for tonight. So not exactly your murderer's row of wide receivers and certainly not a whole lot of depth, as I believe Malik Taylor is the only other wide receiver on the entire roster. So they're going to look a little thin at wide receiver. Now, normally, if you look at you know what the, what the Packers bring in the running game with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, of course, you know, giving Aaron Jones that bag in the offseason, and I thought he had, he had, uh, it was a well-deserved bag for, for Aaron Jones. But when you have two talented running backs like that, you would think that, uh, that they would be doing much better offensively, specifically in the run. However, uh, you know, the Packers have not been great running the football this year. I believe they're, I think they're 19th in the league running the football, something like that, about a, just a little over 100 yards per game. The offense has not been great. Uh, you know, let's, let's call it like it is. Offense hasn't been great. But I'll tell you what, that defense has played out of their minds. They gave up 38 in the first, you know, in the first game. We, you know, we all saw that the Saints completely dismantled them. And then, you know, you look at their, you look at their, their overall numbers. They're only giving up 21 points per game, and that's outside of the 38 they gave up in Week One. So the Packers, you know, they, they've played extremely well, uh, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Um, throughout the uh, you know throughout the remainder of this season, so it, this is going. I, I saw where there was betting trends where everybody's like, "Oh, we're going to bet the over, we're going to bet the over," and I'm just like, I don't, "I don't see it, man." Like, you might want to bet that under. You know, they gave up 17 to the Lions, they gave up 28 in that gem to the 49ers. That was a that was such a great football game. Uh, 17 to the Steelers. Okay, not a not a good football, not a good offense at least out of the Steelers. They gave up 22 to the Bengals. That game went to overtime. Remember, there was like a million missed kicks in that game, too. Uh, they gave up 14 to the Bears. Bears stink. Washington, they gave up 10. So it's not exactly like they've been playing the best offenses in the NFL either. So that remains to be seen as well. They're certainly going to get one tonight with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, when I talked to Tyler, when we talked to Tyler yesterday morning, I had asked him specifically about you know DeAndre Hopkins and any other injuries that are uh, that are possibly looming out there, and he said that you know that Hop was that was the number one concern for the Cardinals right now. Um, he said that J.J. Watt was banged up, 
but we, we all kind of assumed that JJ was just going to play. He's a tough guy, right? He's he's you know he's going to be on the field whether you like it or not. Kind of situation. Uh, that of course proved to be to be wrong. He got shut down for the for the year. Chris uh, Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday that he believes because it's a primetime game where they're the only team on TV that DeAndre Hopkins will play. He loves to show out for the TV, you know, the TV cameras. And look, that's fine. If if that's your motivation to get you out on the field, um, and, you know, get you out of the out of the trainers the training room and get you onto the field, then cool. I mean, that's you know, I'm all for it. Um, you know, a lot of there's a, a lot of people that are looking at the the wagers of this particular game, and look, we'll break down the game a little bit more uh, a little bit later on. I don't want to talk about it too much here in the opening segment, um, but there's a lot of of betters out there right as, as of last night that we're putting a ton of money on the Packers because with the injuries, with you know, with the COVID injuries and things like that, the spread had ballooned. The line had ballooned by another field goal. It was starting off at three and a half. Now it's six and a half. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where it is right now. I did not look at the line this morning yet. I, I still, I just don't see it. I, I don't see the Packers making this that close of a game. And I do think it's it's going to be a little bit more of the under, but I also think it's because the Packers aren't going to score a whole lot of points tonight. I mean, they haven't been scoring a ton of points anyway. So, I you know I just don't I don't see it. I mean, when you when you're green the, the Green Bay Packers, when you look at like their uh, you look at the the Pro Football Focus grades. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is the 14th rated quarterback according to Pro Football Focus. Again, these are just you know these are these are are you know people who look at every single snap of every single player and give them grades based on every single play that they make. Aaron Rodgers being the 14th rated quarterback sounds silly, but when you look at the effectiveness that he's had, you know, he's he's been great in spots, but there's been plenty of points through this season where you're like, man, I, I thought he had a chance to kind of complete that or, you know, they, they take into effect all the drop balls and stuff like that, and they've had plenty. But when you lose Devontae Adams, he's the number one rated wide receiver in the NFL. He's obviously the best receiver in the NFL. I don't think anybody would really argue that. Um, I, I mean, if they did, they're you know <clears throat> they're obviously not watching enough football outside of their own their own team. Um, so you know that's a big blow to the uh, to the Green Bay Packers. Again, I think I think the play here is. I mean, again, if you like to bet spreads and stuff, that's fine. Uh, I think the I think the play here is is the Cardinals minus the six and a half. If you want to look at something like that, I like the under. Also, um, I think the Cardinals are going to score the bulk of those points. I just I just don't see Green Bay putting much together. And again, I know they have future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, but if you don't have anybody to throw the football to, you don't have your number one guy, then you know maybe it's you know maybe maybe there's maybe there's a problem there, problem scoring points. Um, and we'll get it. Look, there, there are some interesting statistics involved in this whole thing because there's an interesting stat. In fact, I'll just drop it on you right now. Just put it out there. I don't want to. I'm not going to tease the stat. Here's the here's an interesting stat for tonight's game. Aaron Rodgers' passer rating: the last six times that he played without Devontae Adams. Okay, so the last last times the last six times that Devontae Adams was on the roster but unable to play in that particular game. Aaron Rodgers' passer rating those games is 125.2. He's completing 71% of his pass attempts with 1,865 total yards, 17 touchdowns against only one interception, and oh, by the way, the Packers are 6-0 in those games. Now, 
I'm not exactly sure who they were playing. Maybe that was against the Lions and the Bear and the Bears. I'm not exactly sure, but those numbers are gaudy without Devontae Adams. Like those are huge numbers. And I'm normally a guy who likes to look at trends and consider them as uh, you know, in, until they're proven wrong, that will they, they will continue to 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 prove correct. All right. I'm someone who likes to stick with trends. That is a trend I think is going to come to to end tonight. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers can continue to throw at an otherworldly clip without Devontae Adams tonight. But those are the stats. I mean, that's that's the one statistic that you're just like, whoa. Number one receiver in the league, the last six times he's been unavailable to play with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has gone off. Just look, those – the averages, he's averaging 310 yards passing, six touchdowns, or uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are the average. Like, that's that's ridiculous <laughs> without Devontae Adams. So, something to think about, something to chew on there. Maybe you like uh, maybe you like trends a little bit more than I do. Something to think about there. There's some other statistics that will roll out there as I get uh, get ready to break down this game a little bit more. Um, you know, as we get through the uh, get through the show here today, we got a lot of stuff to get into, and we'll continue to talk more NFL a little bit later in the show. The Houston Astros bounced back last night with a game two win over the Atlanta Braves to even up the World Series at a game apiece. The series now switches to Atlanta, where they'll play that pivotal. You know, in, the, in Major League Baseball, they got those three games in a row. It's the two-three-two scenario. And it gives that team with that with that three spot at home a big advantage. I've always liked the advantage that Major League Baseball gives to the road team in the series. And you know we we know this this we've seen it um, plenty of times. We, we I talked about the streak yesterday. That streak was broken last night, of course, when the Astros won. But it had been ten consecutive games in the World Series since a true road team had won at home. So. Um, you know, this this series goes back to Atlanta now. You get those three games at home. It's tied 1-1. They already stole one on the road. You know, if they can get two, they're going to be putting themselves in a real nice situation. Of course, they get three, they win the whole thing. But, uh, you know, whoever gets the two wins here obviously gets to go back to Houston with the, uh, with the advantage. And, uh, again, I've said from the beginning, I think this series goes seven. It's kind of the way we've seen this baseball postseason go, and specifically – in a, you know the the series of late the the uh, the CS series is you know both NL and AL series both of those were just back and forth and then we saw already in the first two games here the first game was a blot second game was a blot the other way it was five one after two innings um, it was maybe one of the most I don't know lifeless <laughs> World Series games I think may, I may have ever seen like there was just no excitement in the game. Um, all the all the Astros hits were like seeing eye singles, like a bunch of just a bunch of ground balls, just kind of found their way through the infield into the outfield. Like it wasn't really a whole lot of hard hit balls. The Jose Altuve ball was hit pretty hard, um, but it was just kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't all that excited about this World Series, anyways, and I think a lot of people share that same uh, sentiment, and we'll know. In another two weeks, what the when the ratings come out, what the what the ratings look like, the overnights. Um, I have not seen the overnights. I'm sure they're not good, which is why they're probably not uh, trying to uh, release them. You know, a whole lot. They're trying to keep them on the on the down low a little bit. I'm sure the overnights have been bad, 
and uh, I'm not surprised. I just I don't I don't. This is not a World Series that moves the needle. Certainly, last night's game was boring as hell, and I hope that they're able to find some way to inject some incitement excitement into this series as it goes back to Atlanta because right now it's boring. Like it's it's just not not a good series. Last night's game was, I, I guess, you know, unnecessarily lengthy. Would be would be a good way to describe it. Like the game went for three and a half hours almost. It was a blowout. I mean, it was five to one after two innings. I just, you know, it's just I don't know the micromanaging and things like that. It's like just go out and play ball. So, part of me is you know I guess I'm still bitter and it's true I am and there's probably Braves and Astros fans out there listening right now that are like screw you man, my team's in the series. You know, and there was. You know, there was a guy where I was last night that was upset. He was an Astros fan, and he was yelling and screaming about a bunch of stuff. And I just, you know, it's not like, I don't know, not a great series. I'll be happy when this season is over and we can get back to rebuilding next season because, look, I guess as a as a Giants fan one and as a base, baseball fan two, I'd rather just kind of just get it over with now and start start the next season, start the 2022 season get ready for spring ball because you know, I think maybe in Arizona we look at spring ball a little bit differently because you know, we're here. Like all the games are here. So maybe that's maybe that's one way we look at it differently here and maybe in Florida they look at it differently as well. I don't know. I don't li- I've never lived anybody anywhere else. So I I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't know any different. But maybe that's just me. But I just want to get to the 2022 season. Let's just crown a champion, move on and uh, we'll see if we can crown a real champion next year. <laughs> poking and prodding at those Braves and Astros fans. Thursday night football, of course, tonight. You can join Spears and Ali, our afternoon show, from 3 to 6 tonight at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana, located on the southwest corner of Cortero and I-10. Enjoy the multitudes of TVs and beers that they have on tap there. Download the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app to get you some special promotions and offers. Food and drink specials are going to be available there. And, of course, the Thursday night football, the the big matchup tonight, Cardinals and Packers. Place is going to be packed. So get there early. Uh, secure, your, secure your table for your family and for your friends. Hang out with Justin and Ali and the ESPN Tucson uh, you know, the promotions crew. Get you some free swag, some you know, I don't know, whatever we got, pens and stickers and keychains. I don't know. I don't get to go to these events, so I have no idea. Maybe we have really cool stuff. I don't even know. Um, I don't even get to go to the station that often. So <laughs> I'm just stuck here at home half the time. I shouldn't say half the time, most of the time. Uh, but uh, go check it out tonight. Native Grill and Wings in Miranda, your home of the original Arizona wing. When we return, Phoenix Suns were in action last night, losing at home to the Sacramento Kings. What went wrong? A whole lot. That's next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Stay tuned. At any moment, I could be calling for you to call to win those Suns tickets, so be ready. Uh, talking Phoenix Suns right now. The Suns lose to the Kings last night, 110-107 at the Footprint Center up in Phoenix. They are now 1-3 to start the season, and they've lost in a multitude of different ways, including last night, which was, it, was kind of, it was a weird game 
you know, and they basically just got outshot. I mean, Buddy Heald came off the bench and was just absolutely unstoppable. Seven of 11 from beyond the arc, 26 points in 27 minutes for Buddy Heald. He couldn't miss. And then Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes of all people, um, who's been playing actually quite well for the Kings this year, hits the uh, hits the three-pointer essentially at the buzzer to win the game as the uh, the Suns fall to the Kings. You know, they get the they get the alley-oop dunk to tie the game at 107 when uh, Booker finds Mikel Bridges for the uh, for the alley-oop. They tie the game 107 teams go kind of scoreless there for the next 30 seconds. Suns get a look. It wasn't a good look though. Like Devin Booker just kind of like again, just playing like hero iso ball, just dribble, 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 get into trouble. Here comes the double team. Oh, crap, now I got to shoot, take an off-balance 19-footer, and no good. Like, it was just bad shot selection. And, I, you know, I don't know. Book, Booker scored 31 last night, had eight points, uh, 31, 31, bore, 31 points, eight assists, six rebounds last night. I just I, He's two of six from beyond the arc. It seemed like he passed up a bunch of good shots to me. I was kind of watching the game, and I'm like, why, why, aren't you, why aren't we taking these shots? Of course, Jay Crowder, who's never met a, a jump shot he didn't like, he took a bunch of them. He was 4 of 12 from the field in his 32 minutes, 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, no free throws because, you know, he just likes to stand out there and snipe. Scored 10 points, lucked into a couple of rebounds there. I know, I... I, I do I do crash on on uh, Jay Crowder a lot. I don't particularly like him as a as a as a player. I don't think he fits well in this in this system. I was hoping that he would find some you know teams would find some value in him and maybe offer the Suns a nice juicy trade for him in the offseason. That didn't happen. Um, again, not a big fan. Uh, Mikel Bridges last night, fifteen points. Thought he played pretty well. Had some turnovers. Uh, but was 7 of 12 from the field, looked pretty good out there. Chris Paul, bro, like, wh- what What the hell? The Suns' backcourt is not playing well to begin this, this season at all, like, period. Like, they're just, like, not good. Chris Paul last night, 30 minutes, 1 of 10 from the floor. 1 of 10. Got a whole six points out of Chris Paul in his 30 minutes last night. What? And then... Then the back the, the the backup uh, guards weren't that much better. Landry Shamit, who's was brought here to shoot the basketball, took two shots last night in 19 minutes. Two scored four points. Alfred Payton played 13 minutes. Got at least we got 10 points out of him. He was at least aggressive going to the rim. Chris Paul, bro, one of ten. Six points, eight assists, and just completely stopped looking for DeAndre Ayton. Now, I haven't given you DeAndre Ayton's line because it's going to make you sick. If you didn't watch the game or if you weren't you know, paying all that close attention to what was going on in the game, DeAndre finished the night 21-21. and 21. First time he's ever had a 20. Uh, well, it's, it's his career high in rebounds. Okay, He's also the first player. I think it I, – I may, I may butcher this a little bit. I believe that he's the first player in the last 25 years of the NBA – to have 20 and 20 with 75% field goal percentage because he shot 9 of 12 from the field. Now you think, okay, DA had a really good game, 21 and 21, 9 of 12 from the field. He had five offensive rebounds, 16 Ds. 
Uh, only one turnover, had a block shot in the game, got a steal, had an assist in the game. You know, kind of filled up the stat sheet a little bit, helping out as best he can. He was 16, he had 16 and 11 at halftime on a 8 of 11 shooting. Okay, let me, let me repeat that. On 8 of 11 shooting. Now, I said that his final field goal percentage was 75%. He was 9 of 12. Yeah, he took one shot in the second half. One. He made it. He took one shot. Now, granted, he did shoot free throws in the second half, so he was able to get the ball. They were fouling him. He made three of his four free throws in the second half. But, again, DeAndre Ayton not getting the ball in the second half. This, has, this goes back to the, the first series of the postseason last year. Then he caught fire. They started finding him. And then they kind of stopped against the Clippers. He stopped getting the ball in the second half. And in the, 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 the Bucks series, he stopped getting the ball in the second half. And now it's carried over into this season. Monty Williams was asked about it. He says that it's a conundrum right now because while he's playing hard and he's getting open, he's not doing those extra things to get himself involved in the game. All right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to Monty because he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. I get it, okay? I'm, not, I'm certainly not, not so arrogant to believe that I would have a better game plan or a better assessment of how his team is playing than Monty Williams is. That would just be stupid of me, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying, though, is, okay, if he's not working hard enough to get open, but everyone can see that he's open, and we're watching the backcourt continue to take bad shot after bad shot after bad shot, what else is he supposed to do? Like, you know, Monty talks about, and Monty had, has mentioned this before, and this is a this is this is a, an age old uh, statement by coaches, right? Big men get lazy. They just put their hand up. They stand in the in the paint. They put their hand up. Like, throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. They want to put in the extra work. Okay, I, I totally get it. I've seen countless big men play that way their entire lives. Okay, you hate it. Like, dude, set a screen. Get out on get out on the transition break. Okay, do all those things. Put in the extra work. Okay, DeAndre Ayton was the lead man in a transition break last night, and Chris Paul did not throw him the basketball. DeAndre Ayton was wide open, wide open on a fast break. Hauling ass down the, down the court, beat his man down there, beat everybody down there. Chris Paul didn't give him the ball, retreated. They circled back around, and they missed the jump shot. I can't remember who took the jump shot in that one. It, it, it probably Jay Crowder. <laughs> I, I, I Just like, dude, you've got to give him the basketball. So I challenge Monty Williams to go back and look at that film today and be like, okay, guys, or you know, watch it. Last. He probably watched it last night. I'm sure he's hardworking, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm not dragging Monty Williams. I'm not trashing him. He's a he's a fantastic coach. I love Monty Williams. I hope he watched that film last night and was like, all right, I gotta go have a talk with Chris tomorrow. Like, hey, you got a big man running the floor. You got to reward him because big men don't run the floor in this league a lot. Like, you'll find guys just lagging back. Watch, do watch the Lakers play. Anthony Davis don't run the floor for nothing. Unless it's obvious he's going to get a dunk, he don't run the floor for nobody. So when you get a big man like D.A. who's willing to run the, run the floor, and, you know, that was the one thing. You know, I remember talking with Sean Miller about this when, when DeAndre was at Arizona, and we had discussed so many things about DeAndre's game and, and who 
we comped him to in you know in the NBA and such. And I asked Sean, and I was like, "What's you know what's the one thing that you're most impressed with with his game?" And Sean said, "He he runs. He he run. He he's he's fast down the floor. He can run like a guard. You know, he's got those long strides, but he's also a fast runner. Like he moves his legs, he moves his arms, he gets pumping, and he and he runs down the floor. And we saw we saw DeAndre do that lots of times in an Arizona uniform, and we've seen it do him plenty of times in a Suns uniform. And last night he don't get the ball." Like, if you don't reward your big man for running, they're going to stop running. So while I understand what, what Monty Williams is saying, that DeAndre needs to involve himself more, set more screens, uh, from what I saw last night, I felt like he was doing enough and he wasn't getting the ball. So I don't know what's going on with the Suns' backcourt right now, but Chris Paul and Devin Booker have not played well, and the Suns are 1-3 and three because of it. it it's the, bad, bad shot selection. The offense looks bad. They're passing up good shots to take bad ones. Like it's just, it's it's it does not look good. It doesn't look good. They got to turn that around. Uh, you know, they they just they shot poorly last night from the three twenty seven percent from beyond the arc. Chris Paul dribbled the ball off his foot last night. I'm like, what is this? What what is is this like a like one of those like celebrity games that you see at the All Star break like oh let's watch Kevin Hart play basketball boing off the off the foot I mean dude I, and and it's not like this is like the first bad game that Chris Paul has had not even the first bad game he's had this year he had a couple of them like did he age three years in the off season did he get paid and stop wanting to play I don't know man like I'm not I'm not trying to like pass judgment on the entire team after four games of an 82-game season. But right now, it looks like trash. It really does. It's a bad look for the defending champs, the defending Western Conference champs. Speaking of that, defending Western Conference champs, you can go see them tomorrow night at the uh, – Saturday night, rather, at the Footprint Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now is your chance to win those tickets. We're going to do it right now. Be caller number three at 520-719-1490. That's caller number three. It's my lucky number. It's also Chris Paul's number. We're going to see if we can urge him on to play better by being caller number three. 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. Caller number three. Going to win those pair of tickets. They're digital tickets. We will uh, just text or email them to you. That way you can have them digitally when you go up to Phoenix to uh, to go watch the Suns at the Footprint Center. Or maybe you're listening in Phoenix via the uh, the live stream on ESPNTucson.com. Uh, but good luck. Caller number three going to win those Suns tickets to go see the Suns and the Cavaliers Saturday night at the Footprint Center. 520-719-1490, the phone number. When we return, we'll take a quick look at what that game might look like as the Cavaliers – Looking a little bit different this year. Lowry marketing on that uh, on that basketball team looking a little bit different. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to Jeffrey Morris, the winner of the Phoenix Suns tickets. Going to see the uh, Suns take on the Cavs. Now, this is this is proof that you can listen to the live stream and still win the uh, still win tickets when there's a call in to win and stuff like that. Jeffrey was listening via the um, via ESPNTucson.com's live stream, which does have a delay on it, but he was able to get that call in in time and able to win them tickets. So congratulations, Jeff Morris. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the game. Go Suns.
So, looking at their opponent, the uh, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers this Saturday, Cleveland, they, they, you know, they, they retooled the roster. J.B. Bickerstaff, the head coach there, retooling the roster. They're 3-2 and two right now. They've already played five games uh, on this season. Early on, it didn't look good. Like, the Grizzlies and John Morant dropped like 190 points on them. Like, it was it, there was no defense to be had in that game. One, 130, 133-121 or something like that, I think, was the final score in that game. Then the next uh, two nights later, they gave up 123 to the Hornets. And you're like, oh, okay, nothing has changed. Well, J.B. Bickerstaff must have had a little sit-down with his team. was like, hey, uh, if you guys want to give up 130 points a game, that's fine. Uh, go ahead and enjoy being 1-81 this year. We, we, you know, we'll probably be able to outscore somebody at some point. But uh, enjoy that 1-81 season. Because they've been locking it down since then. Like, defense has been solid. They held the Hawks to 95 points. They shut Trey Young down. They held the Nuggets to 87 points when Larry Markkinen had one of the most ridiculous poster dunks on an MVP I've ever seen in my entire life. Went up and over, like full-on groin to the face to Nikola Jokic and just one-handed hammer throwing it down. Like, unbelievable dunk by Lowry in that game. And then last night, they just suffocated the hell out of the Clippers. Beat the Clippers 92-79. to Ugly-ass game. I mean, really. Like, like, about as ugly a game as you can get um, in, in last night's uh, contest there in Los Angeles. But uh, nonetheless, Cleveland comes out on top, 92-79. Lowry played 29 minutes in that game, had seven points. He's not shooting the ball traditionally, you know, over overly well um, in the you know this season so far with his new team, I think I think he's still kind of trying to figure out his role, but he is leading the team in steals. I think he's averaging like almost two steals a game for the Cavaliers here early on. He's grabbing rebounds, so he's rebounding the ball and he's getting out in transition. So he's doing those little things that are helping the team win. The shooting will happen. Lowry Markin is too too pure of a shooter uh, to let that go on for too long. Colin Sexton, uh, Sexton was great last night. Scored twenty six points. Uh, 12 of 20 from the uh, from the field. He's starting to turn into a uh, just a really solid point guard in this league. And then, of course, you got the big man in the middle, Evan Mobley, the rookie from USC. We got to see a whole lot of him last year. You know, I, I was I was thinking I was reading an article yesterday, and we'll have uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll bring Jeff Goodman on at some point, probably in the next week or so, to to preview the national look of of college basketball and then we'll continue to have jeff on throughout the uh, the college basketball season but this is a, a great year for the big men in college basketball and i was thinking about it as i was watching i was reading the article yesterday and just how good the big men across the country there's like 50 really good big men in in college basketball this year phenomenal and it got me thinking about what we got to see last year of course fans didn't get to see it up close at least like i did uh, because of the covid on TV, if you were able to watch you know, Pac-12 Network and if you were able to watch USC play, just how freaking good Evan Mobley is. Like, he is just, he's, he's a, he's a one-of-a-kind, like, once-in-a-generation type talent. He is just, I, I know that I gush about this guy, and, I, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a Trojan, and I probably shouldn't, but God, man, I, he's, he's just ridiculously good. He is... He's good at everything. Like, he does it all well. I mean, he knows his role. Like, he's not an over-egotistical guy. He's pretty quiet, seems humble, seems like a nice guy. Just, he does it all well. He's a ridiculously good athlete. He runs the floor well. 
He can move his hips really quickly so he can change angles defensively to where you know guards have a difficult time scoring on him. He's an incredibly, incredibly good shot blocker. He's got great instincts for the game of basketball. He can finish in many, many different ways. He's got the left hand. He's got the right hand. He can shoot from the mid-range. He can, uh, he can take it to the hoop. Uh, he's just, God, he's good, man. And, you know, last night wasn't a great night for him. He was 3 of 10 from the field, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. I mean, that's the best you can ask for out of your big man, right? If they're going to foul the big man, go 6 for 6 in the line. Did get a double-double, had 12 points, 10 boards last night, had a couple of block shots. He's uh, leading, of course, leading the team in block shots by a wide margin. He's he's just so good. And and if you you know if you get a chance to watch that game on Saturday night, you're gonna get to watch him play. I'm just I'm so impressed with Evan Mobley, and he's probably not going to win the Rookie of the Year because there are some really electric rookies in this class. You know, Jalen Green, uh, uh, Jalen Suggs. You know, there, there's there's some really good rookies, and there's always one guy that's gonna rise up that we didn't expect to see you know gonna put together a big rookie season in the nba but he's man he's as solid as they come so good so freaking good now i mentioned in my promo overnight you know that we that runs overnight and all you know during the day and overnight kind of promoting what's on the next day's show about the lakers you know should the lakers Look at their success that they had resting LeBron. LeBron's got the sore calf, right, the sore ankle. Um, they rested him, and both AD and Russ went off. They both had over 30 points in that game, got a big win the other night. Last night, though, they're up big. I mean, they're up 26 at OKC. You know, look, OKC, I don't think many people would, would disagree with this. They're the worst team in the NBA. I think most people would be like, yeah, you're probably right. They're, they're probably the worst team in the NBA. They, they've got some good talent. You know, sh- obviously, SGA, Gilgis Alexander's on that team. He's very good. Um, but <laughs> they're not a good basketball team. The Lakers, without LeBron last night because of an ankle, built up a 26-point lead. They had 72 points at halftime. You're like, yep, this is definitely going to work. Like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I saw it. Last night, with you know, with just playing Russ and AD without LeBron, this is going to be fine. You know, all the things that that I had discussed during the off season, where there's no way those three guys can play together uh, on the court at the same time, and we we saw it earlier this year, right? The Lakers have stunk this year, especially with those three guys on the floor. This is not like not good. So I'm like, yeah, that that's that'll do. You you know, replace Russ. You know, you'll, you'll give LeBron some rest throughout the throughout the season. Then you turn around, you give Russ some rest during the season. But you have to you know you have to really figure out these minutes. These rotations going to be tough. You know, on uh, on Frank Vogel, but he'll figure it out. Last night was not a, not good. <laughs> AD got his thirty and then disappeared. Stopped playing. Like stopped rebounding. Stopped doing everything. Um, just completely disappeared. Looked lazy out there. Russ trying his best to do, you know, what he could, but Russ is not a good shooter. He was 2 of 8 from beyond the arc, had 20 points, 13 assists, 14 rebounds, got his triple-double, uh, and we, we can also just throw in the quadruple-double because my man had 10 turnovers last night, 10. So the quadruple-double for Russ, 20 points, 14 boards, 13 assists, 10 turnovers, and then got ejected from the game with one and a half second left on the clock, when, when Baisley, look, it's a five-point game. It's 120 to 15, 120 to 115. They're inbounding the ball. 
I can't remember who it was. It, maybe it was Russ. Maybe it was Malik Monk. I don't remember who it was. Anyway, made a lazy bounce pass at the midcourt. Darius Baisley picked the ball up and went in and dunked it. It was a five-point game. Russ took exception to this, was screaming at him, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, gets ejected from the game. Afterwards, says that it's like flipping the bat in baseball. It's something you don't do. He's like, the game is over. Okay, whoa, whoa, time out. There's 4.2 seconds left on the clock. It's a five-point game. Game is not over, Russ. Like, you just gave up a 26-point lead. Maybe it's over to you. Maybe you guys quit. Maybe you guys went into cruise control, but that game ain't over. Five-point lead with 4.2 seconds left. Anything can happen in the NBA, right? Now, if it was a 12-point game, sure, I could see that. You know, and maybe Darius Baisley doesn't go for the dunk in a 12-point game. It's a five-point game, bro. Like, game ain't over. So Russ getting all heated over this, thinking the game's over, Darius Baisley throwing it down, it's a five-point game. Come on, man. Like, you got to be better than that. Then he goes, you know, he goes out and gets ejected and makes a big scene out there, Russ being Russ. And, again, just another reason why I would never have Russell Westbrook on my team. Like, if I were running a team, nope, I don't, I don't care what you're offering. I do not want Russell Westbrook on this team. He is an athletic freak. He is a stat sheet filler, and he's a locker room killer. And he will kill you out on the court as well. Ten turnovers last night. Minus 12. He was the worst of any player in that game. Minus 12 on the plus minus. Of course, you get 10 turnovers, that's going to happen. He can't shoot. He's getting older. He's slowing down. And eventually that thing's going to break down. And, you know, he's a hothead and all these other things. It's, it's just, it's again, I'm enjoying the hell out of this. As a Suns fan and an anti-Laker fan, essentially, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm an anti-Laker fan. I can't stand him. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. <laughs> Truly. NFL Week 8 is upon us. FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet. And Thursday night is a great opportunity to give it a try. Just try a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Tonight's game, Green Bay, the Cardinals. Uh, We've talked about it before, but my SGP is going to be Kyler Murray, over 260 passing yards, James Conner, anytime touchdown, and I'm going to take the Cardinals on the money line. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is safe and secure and easy to use, and you get lightning-fast payouts in as few as two hours. And there's no feeling like naming, naming, nailing, or naming them one of those same-game parlay bets. So lock in your FanDuel Sportsbook app pay today, uh, sportsbook same-game parlay today, and you can get up to 10 bucks back if your team doesn't win. Also, if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, use my promo code when you sign up, Dean, and you can also receive 25-1 to 1 enhanced odds on any touchdown during the Sunday night matchup between the Cowboys and the Vikings. $5 bet gets you 125 bucks. That's my promo code, Dean. Use it, take advantage of it, and enjoy. 21 and over in President Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Just looking at the uh, NBA standings here. 
I, look, again, it's super, super early. There are three teams remaining unbeaten in the NBA. The Utah Jazz, 3-0, and haven't played a whole lot of games. They've been demolishing teams. Like we know they're always a really good regular season team. We'll see what happens in the postseason, but Jazz being 3-0 and does not surprise me. They'll be there uh, in the top four of the Western Conference all season long. Golden State Warriors, 4-0. and I think a little bit of a surprise for some people. I, I was so close to pulling the trigger on them and winning the West, but I was like, I, I just, I don't know. I think over 82 games, things might change. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They still could be the best team in the West. I, I, I don't think it'll continue that way. It's a long way to go. Just the same way I don't think that the Chicago Bulls are the best team in the East because they're the only team in the East that's uh, got the unblemished record. The Bulls have started off Tom Thibodeau, man. I tell you what, that guy, I mean, he'll wear out his welcome eventually, but that dude can flat out coach. Like, he just gets he gets his team's W's. Charlotte Hornets, 4-1. The Knicks, 3-1. Knicks fans are all fired up in New York. Looking good. Julius Randle playing well. He is really turning into a good player. So uh, we'll continue to talk NBA all throughout the season, obviously. I'm, I'm a huge NBA fan, and uh, we'll talk plenty of NBA throughout the year. And Hopefully the Suns get this thing turned around and can start finding D.A. in the second half because, you know, 16-11 in the first half and then Five and ten in the second half ain't gonna cut it. Still got an hour to go here on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. We'll talk a bunch of football and Arizona women's basketball coming up in hour number two. Just a quick two-minute turnaround. Stay right here on ESPN Tucson for hour number two. Today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson. 